Many call us tastemakers, cultural prophesizers, oracles of the next big thing. I'm Maisha. And I'm Emily. And we're here to tell you, it's, it's good, good actually. Okay, so like first and foremost, I like I feel like it needs to be said that um, this is by no means a spoiler-free episode. Um, no one, no one who has not seen the show slash cares enough about the show who's not caught up uh, is welcome in this space. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> um, who? Okay, if we were to establish. Uh, the audience it's 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 uh succession heads like us yeah and then people who like you're not gonna watch the show but you like you want to know what the buzz is about right you have like a sort of detached fascination with the show and i will argue that those are the only two ways you can sort of um like talk about it like if when you're in the throes of watching succession like if you started it for the first time and you're like in season one, like you just need to like lock yourself in like a tower and just in a closet somewhere and just not talk to anyone. True. You need to process. True. I would say if at any point you're like considering watching Succession and like you care about spoilers at all, then like save this episode and listen to it I don't know, maybe listen to it when you're halfway through season three or just like listen to it at the very end. Mm. But also I would say don't watch until season three is like finished airing because <laughs> you don't want to wait week to week at this point. All right, got it? Got it. Let's roll. <laughs> <laughs> With that established. <laughs> okay, so right now on the internet, there are two kinds of people. Um, the first kind are like us that we're like frothing at the mouth at HBO Succession produced by uh jesse armstrong and adam k the second kind of person are people who are like within the throes of despair because they are watching their loved ones sort of dissolve into fucking like something they don't recognize anymore so like um recap for those of you who don't know what succession is and are probably never going to watch it basically if you know anything about like the murdoch family like you know, like this big media family, like runs the news runs, it's basically like the equivalent of like Fox News at this point. Um, so there's this company called Waystar Royco, and they're like, like main gig is like news, right? And there's like a bunch of other stuff. There's like parks and like whatever and media and blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, it's, it's basically like just a media conglomerate. They have news, they have local TV stations, they've got they've got film studios. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they've got parks and rockets randomly. Oh yeah, yeah, and satellites. <laughs> I forgot yeah. about that. Just like the shit ton of like things, like anything you can get your like, like any cookie jar you can get your hand in. And at the head of it all is a Scottish Canadian immigrant. <laughs> do you like that I described him like that, Scottish Canadian? I really do. <laughs> um, Logan Roy, who's played by Brian Cox, who's by the way like a very celebrated. Uh, actor who recently uh, released a memoir which i'm obsessed with because he keeps being like that guy i don't care for him the best kinds of celebrity memoir i know it's like if you're not gonna sort of release a memoir talking shit then like then what's I... the point right anyways so at the head it's logan roy he's just kind of like he's an interesting character because it like at the core of it he like thinks that he like 
um, because he like quote unquote built this business from the ground up, he can kind of do and say whatever he wants. And um, like everyone else is just like a fucking idiot. And am I missing any points? Including his yeah. own children. Right, exactly. His closest confidants. And I will say like, he it's mostly worked out for him so far, him being able to say and do whatever he wants. Just Right. Cause... Yeah, and that's the frustrating thing of it all is that like sort of, he really faces the consequences for his actions, except for when he like becomes like delusional suddenly from a stroke or a UTI. Okay, okay, we're getting into spoilers immediately. Okay, so Logan has three main kids from his second marriage, Kendall, uh, Roman, and Shiv. Shiv, I recently found out, is supposed to be the youngest. And I've always thought that Roman was the youngest. Roman definitely gives off youngest child. R- Roman does give energy. off youngest child energy, but Shiv is gives off big like baby vibes, like baby yeah, and family vibes. That's especially true. when Logan refers like calls her Pinky. Mm-hmm. It's like that's like youngest child vibes. So I could see an argument for both. If you told me that Roman and Shiv were twins, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that would make so sense as well. They're like they must be very close in age. So sorry, Shiv is short for Siobhan, Blah blah blah. You don't care. <laughs> you, you either already know or you don't care um um and those are the main three kids right the ones who are the ambitious ones so so kendall's trying to be the ceo of the company uh, roman's trying to get his dad to notice him and give him a kiss um shiv is trying to be a girl boss i don't know <laughs> like, exactly um I'm t- she's I'm doing t- politics at the beginning I'm, I'm i'm being brief so i'm not like going into their like character arcs yet and connor played by um, Alan Ruck, who you might know as Cameron from um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, um, is there. Yeah, he's there. <laughs> he's he's um, he's Logan's son from his first marriage, who, by the way, interestingly, I've been reading um, like stuff about his mom, which I think I might have missed like somewhere in like the earlier seasons where um, Alan Ruck does his interview where he's like talking about Connor's like character arc and is like, yeah, like, if I'm gonna see my dad do some crazy shit to my mom, then yeah, I'll phone it in. And I'm like, wait, what? Did I miss something about Connor's mom? There's like a blink and you miss it sort of throwaway line. And I think somewhere in season two, uh, if I'm not mistaken, where it's like implied that she had some mental health issues. Um, oh. Yeah. Um, but oh yeah, God. we don't really hear a ton about Connor's mom. I've been reading a lot of speculation about this and about how, because Alan Ruck said that, it's this like big Chekhov's gun and we're gonna like hear about why Connor's mom was like institutionalized and why like Connor like is not part of like the main family conglomerate. I definitely have a lot to say about Connor once we get later on. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, Emily is a like, I'm, okay. I feel like you dabble both as like a con head and a wom's girl. I, I am both, definitely. Okay, like kind of same. I, I think I'm more of a Wom's girl than a con head, but like I'm, I'm I would say so too, just because there's more to work with. Okay, um, you're right, yeah. In, as in far as like screen talk. time. Okay. Yeah. I love sounding insane from the get-go, just like <laughs> to talk about this. We need to establish early on con head and Wom's girl. Okay, yeah, the, the terminology is important. Con head, Wom's <laughs> girl. Also, I just want to put out like, like a disclaimer and like whatever out, like the energy to the universe is that um, when we say we are a fan of a character, <laughs> we are not like condoning their actions or like rooting for them to win or like um, hoping for the best case scenario for them. We are yeah. wanting the most like f- 
crazy action and singers possible. We want to be entertained by these people. Ultimately, that's what this is all about. There's a tweet I saw that was like, when I say that I have a favorite character on Succession, I don't mean that I'm rooting for them. I mean it in a way where like, I want to put them in a cage and watch them like dance. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So Exactly. No, when people's media criticism of this show amounts to like um, equating liking a character to some sort of morality, like you're already like, you're approaching it the wrong way. You lose. You're not, you're actually not solving Succession because Succession can't be solved. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I see that a lot. It's like, oh, I'm sick of like, blah, blah, blah. All these people are terrible. It's like, yeah, that's yeah. the point. Not not everything is a Marvel movie where there are good guys and bad guys and the good guys win in the end because they make the ultimate sacrifice. Like, if you don't like um, this kind of um, story, that's fine. You don't have to watch it. It is kind of a litmus test for like a type of person. If they're like, how can you watch this show? They're all terrible people. It's like, yeah. Um, well, how can you watch Arrested Development or The It's Office? like, well then, okay, you think thing. that means that we're we're two different people fundamentally. Mm. <laughs> so um, there are a lot of like articles and stuff about how Jesse Armstrong is like, they're not based on anyone real they're like a fictional family but then there's like also 800 articles that are like these are the families that uh the the roy family on succession is based on <laughs> a lot of it is like the murdochs and like the i'm gonna pronounce their name wrong the coke brothers yeah that's that's okay great. i love to be right um <laughs> And there's like a lot, there's like a, there's like a poor man's Bernie in there. His name is like Gil something, Gil Evis. Yeah, Gil Evis. His whole platform is like, blah, 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 I want to tax the rich. And it's like, okay, a man after my own heart named Bernard Sanders. <laughs> um, but even then it's like interesting because Shiv, um, Girlbox extraordinaire, goes to work for him. And then essentially just like, does she get fired or does she quit or is that sort of like all up in the air? It's like one of those situations where she's definitely fired, but she's like, no, I quit. Yeah. And the sort of catalyst for that is like, like so funny to me because everyone says that Shiv is like the smartest character. And I'm like, I think you're missing a point. She's dumb. <laughs> yeah. They're all dumb. Yeah, they they all are. Like, um, I know that in the, so in the, so the first season, because it deals so much with like Kendall's like, um, close ascension to the throne. I mean, okay, this show is called Succession because it's about who Logan Roy is about to hand like his CEO and chairman position to. It's going to be either three of his kids or um, like one of his like board members or whatever. And one of his like close circle of yeah. others in the C-suite, basically. And he and he doesn't. He makes no qualms about the fact that he wants it to be one of his kids. The problem here, though, is that he hates his children as well. Yeah. He's very disappointed by uh, all of his children constantly. And not for like an external reason. I think that no matter how successful they would be, he like cannot, like part of it is his own um, obsolution. So like he can't, he can't face that he would be retired. There are moments in the show where like when Kendall says like, oh, it'll, you know, you'll be like retired soon. Like you can see the visible like dismay in his face. Like he's built this thing from ground up and like a normal person who's like not a narcissist would naturally be like, I want to hand it over to like my next whatever, but not Logan Roy. Logan Roy is like, no, fuck it. I'm going to be here till I fucking drop dead. Yeah. I subscribe to the take basically. That's like, um, like Logan sees 
Waystar as this thing that he built from the ground up. We don't know exactly to the extent of how true that is. Right, and right. so he like somewhat resents his children for being born um, into a rich family already, basically with silver spoons in their mouths. I was born lucky. I'm a lucky person. I realize that. And you're so fucking jealous, aren't you? You're so fucking jealous of what you've given your own kids. You can't handle it. You can't, you, you, you can't work it out. If I'd spoken to my uncle like that. What? Hmm? What would evil Uncle Noah do? Calling your daughter a coward till she cries? Come on. Big man. Logan. 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 Um, the therapy episode is like an amazing episode, and I understand why one of the main trailers um is when they were promoting season one, one of the main trailers is the scene where Logan, Shiv, Connor, um, Roman, and um Kendall are all sitting around with this like family therapist and they're like arguing about like why they're there and like what like uh Logan has done to like cause blah 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 blah. And it's just like this beautiful like symphony of chaos where like they're all yelling at each other and they're all saying stuff and it's like yes i understand exactly these family dynamics but at the same time like no one like they're not interested in each other they like they're like fighting to the like tooth and bone nail and bone i don't know the phrase um to to be correct to come out on top and that is such a like perfect example or perfect like representation of what the show is itself it's like no one is interested in working with anyone else no one knows the, the meaning of loyalty it's all about like what each of these people can do to come out on top except for roman <laughs> <laughs> totally and yet like despite that there are also like just these little like tiny moments where you're like wait but they also like care about each other like just a little bit like they don't want to show it because that's like showing weakness, weakness. but but there are times where they'll like defend a sibling against their dad or yeah i think it's really interesting that like kendall can barely ever stand up to his dad except for when like roman or his son gets like smacked around there yeah. there, there are three exact instances in which uh, kendall can uh stand up to his dad without like whimpering and fear the first time was when his son gets like smacked by logan because he like won some sort of like party game or something um and then the second time is when um, Logan smacks Roman and he's like, hey, 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 like, don't touch him, don't touch him. And then the, th or maybe that's the third time, whatever. And the other time is there's a scene where Logan basically, Logan does this thing where he's like, he doesn't say what he's feeling per se to Shiv. He'll like kind of like say like nice things to her. But then when he gets pissed off, he will say the most like, vile vicious shit to her and you can kind of see this escalating from season one when she was his favorite to season two when like she started to step on his toes and now in season three it's like we get to watch her become like the unfavorite like she's become and there's a beautiful scene in which kendall is like you're the new me and 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 on on a surface level viewing you might be like oh he's saying that because she's the new favorite she's the new like she's like the one who's being set up for ceo but really what he's saying is you're the new scapegoat like you're the new like favorite quote unquote who's about to be fucked mm -hmm. um anyway sorry i like got too passionate about that um <laughs> yeah but um there's a scene where uh logan is like just pissed about something and he's just like you're a to shiv he's like you're a coward because you 
like you're marrying a man who's beneath you because you're a coward and she's like this is like right before her wedding and she's like crying until he leaves her room and and kendall's like oh like big man makes his daughter like cry like whatever Mm -hmm. um it's just like it's it's interesting to see kendall like posture as like a protector because we do get these glimpses of like because of how logan was an absent father like connor and kendall both have like stepped in to like you know that line when um logan is like asking uh roman and shiv in like the first episode of season three to like fucking rally against kendall and (laughs) roman's like he taught me how to aim my (laughs) pp yeah 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 same episode also like roman's like oh this like happy family memory that i said was with my dad was actually connor taking me on this fishing trip mm-hmm. also in the episode you were talking about before the family therapy one the same one roman was like he was the one who like came and picked up kendall from the from the meth house it's like there are mm-hmm. these like little moments definitely with like siblings showing that they care for each other yeah but they're very fleeting they're fleeting and people latch on to those it's so it's so addictive to watch um the show try to humanize these characters who otherwise are like the worst versions of what we believe like these rich uh, entitled like dukes and duchess type children to be that like anytime any of them does anything remotely human we're like (gasps) i think also um that moment when you were saying with um with shiv that might be a good like segue to talk about the the man that she <laughs> is marrying the man of the hour mid the midwest's darling boy tom <laughs> Wamsgans. and for my pride and prejudice austin heads out there tom Wamsgans is in fact played by um uh matthew mcfadden from 2005 joe wright's masterpiece pride and prejudice he does play darcy and it is impossible to uh, to watch that movie again after you watch Succession and see it ever the same way. No, literally, I watched it like two days ago, and um, while I was watching it, like, so I was watching with two friends, and then um, one of them kept being like, "Oh, he delivered that like in the Tom way." <laughs> <laughs> and it is true, there are moments where Matthew McFadden like does a face or like does some sort of mannerism, and I'm like, "Oh, it's a Wamsgans move." <laughs> That's so funny because um, you can see also like there's a little like quirk or like expression that he makes in succession. You're like, oh, that's Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you're right. That is like, that is so true. Um, okay, let's, let's get it. Why are we addicted to Tom Wom's scans? We're both self-proclaimed Wom's girls. Wom's we'll girls. just establish that from the beginning. I think because from the moment you meet him, you're like, there's something wrong with this man. The moment you meet him, you're like, there is something deeply disturbed about this man that no no amount of therapy, um, electroshock, like therapy or even like hypnosis could solve. It's just deeply rooted in there. Which is like, it stems from the fact that, okay, like obviously he like sees an end to the Roy family through Shiv Shiv. and wants like, has like aspirations for the top job himself, which lol um (laughs) is very funny to me because it's like he seems to be the only one that doesn't realize that that's never going to happen for him just because logan doesn't like him um 
but also he's just like deeply insecure um really wants to please everyone and so will he'll he'll like grovel and do like whatever to try to please people but he also does not really understand how any of this works being an outsider and so the things that he says like the way that he like tries to riff um with greg especially like just he's trying to emulate like the bullying that he sees from the people who have who have been at this for for their whole lives and have have been in the roy's like inner circle but he just like does not grasp how it actually works and so it just comes across as deranged and psycho shit deranged and often homoerotic as well yeah so let's talk about that actually the, this sort of psychosexual relationship that he seems to have with uh greg cousin greg who is uh his grandfather is logan's brother so right so he is uh shiv kendall and roman's like cousin once removed is that right yes yeah because or- technically his mom is their first cousin so right. yeah okay yeah so like he his introduction to the show is like amazing he like gets too high and then throws up in his like um like mascot costume because he's like at work as like a theme park mascot yeah at one um, of the waystar parks yeah um, at one of the waystar parks and his like his mom's solution is like go to your go to uncle logan and ask him for a job and yes. i'm and i'm like what interaction have you ever had with Logan would lead you to believe that he would be so generous. But then I feel like Greg like keeps accidentally stumbling into these like insane situations where he like thinks he's getting what he wants. So he gets like a job, but then like the job entails like Tom bullying him relentlessly. And then like, yeah, he gets a job as Tom's assistant and Tom Mm -hmm. I, I mean that's a toxic relationship from the very beginning from the very beginning tom is like playing cat and mouse with greg in a way that is like you are unable to look away from yeah he's obsessed with greg and at first it's like greg is very grateful right because he's like he's like there's there's a line where he's like uh, i think he's like talking to either his mom or somebody he's talking about tom and he's like yeah he's nice he just seems like really scared you <laughs> should clip that in like if you can find it and afraid <laughs> <laughs> um and that in an essence is like so funny because it's like yes he is relentlessly bullying greg and like playing these like insane psycho games with him but then greg is like sort of able to see like immediately what tom is for what he is like i think early on in one of the season one episodes um tom is like you know like stay under like stay under my wing like i'll I'll show you the ropes i'll help you like you just have to do what i say and then greg's like yeah, yeah i'll do anything and he's like you would would you kiss me <laughs> yeah. first interaction they ever have in the entire show <laughs> oh yeah so to give you an idea the first time they meet tom like, asks would you kiss me <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course um tom um does that kind of classic thing you do when you're like accidentally too vulnerable with someone you're like i'm just kidding it's a joke he's like i'm joking i'm joking <laughs> and um i think it's really interesting when greg like kind of jumps ship sometimes to like other loyalty to other like members of the family how absolutely fucking hurt tom is like yeah to to the most point so for those of you who do not know um there's this whole plot line where kendall is just like constantly trying 
to usurp his father like trying to get him declared mentally unstable trying to um call in like a vote of no confidence and because of the show i now know what a vote of no confidence means um (laughs) where he like tries to get the other members of the board of the company to basically say that logan is like unfit to like be the ceo Mm -hmm. and just like all these different things kendall is trying and failing over and over again to take his dad's job and he keeps failing and um it's so funny actually that um earlier we were talking about how they they do all like have these moments of like vulnerability where they care for each other but oftentimes like when Kendall shows those moments um his dad sees it as a weakness and says things like you don't have a killing instinct Mm -hmm. and so like when even the first episode we see that like Logan basically like pulls the announcement that he's gonna make Kendall CEO because he's like oh well you skipped out on a meeting at work to come to my birthday party that's, yeah it's weak yeah and that and comes- there's there's also a deal going on that he like doesn't really finesse very well but he thinks that he has mm-hmm. oh my god I'm obsessed with that man Lawrence E <laughs> yeah some of the banter that Lawrence and Kendall have is like banter is not the correct word for it it's like sparring yeah it's like it's like it's like what you might think that um like homoeroticism is if you've only known mean people your whole life yeah it's interesting I wish um I kind of miss <laughs> I miss Lawrence a little bit he was like top build like he he was in yeah. the opening credits for season yeah. one yeah I wonder um, why they did away with him after like that first season although I will say also um season three to jump ahead just like a little further here um Justine Lupe who is Willa in the show mm-hmm. Connor's escort girlfriend mm-hmm. um is also oh, yes. top billed and she hasn't been in very many episodes uh so far at this point right I, I actually thought that they would make her like a way more regular character in the third season but I have not seen her after the first episode I miss her. I need more Willa. <laughs> I need more Willa. Um, one of the like kind of running gags is that Connor is dating like this escort that he, I guess, initially hired. And I think Roman claims that he met her through Roman, which is like that whole thing. I guess like we never really went into who Roman is played by Kieran Culkin. He's this like, how to go into what Roman Roy is. He's like, <laughs> that's an interesting. Cause um, you, you think he's one thing, but then he's like a different thing. Yeah. Um, he's sort of like, um, he's the sibling that you don't really expect to amount to much. And he yeah. approaches situations where he, he, at least he puts on this air that he doesn't take things very seriously. Which um, definitely comes from like a place of insecurity that he's going to fuck things up. Yeah, he, he uses humor as a defense mechanism constantly. Who among us? Who <laughs> among us? And like, and like, why did I bring up Roman? Oh yeah, so like Roman is always like kind of tossing like chaos into people's lives and he's known for being this like huge pervert, which is very funny because he also like doesn't fuck really. Like, <laughs> yeah, we don't really, no one, and I think this is done on purpose. No one sort of goes into what is, like the deal with Roman's sexuality because he does like yeah. have that relationship with Jerry where like she's like mean to him and bosses him around and he like uh is into that yeah he's he derives uh, pleasure from that interaction mm-hmm. um 
on that note, I just want to say that I've been seeing a lot of tweets that are like, when are Roman and Jerry going to do it? And to that, I say, if you were asking when Roman and Jerry are going to do it, you don't get it. You don't, <laughs> you don't understand what like you the moment they do it, it's over. True. Like that. That is not what that is about. And that is such a simplistic, rudimentary bone bearing of what is actually going on between Roman and Jerry that like I can't even I can't even explain to you if you don't know. I feel like we should like at this point give like very quick plot summary of like seasons one and two because I'd really like to dive into season three. Okay, you're right, you're right. There's like some and talk about Jerry because like that's something that's addressed in like the first episode of of season three, even. Yes. So season one is like kind of we touched on this, like Kendall trying to usurp his dad. So initially he's like the first episode is like him being like, Oh, dad's gonna announce me today. And then dad does not announce him. And so he like basically throws this huge shit fit which ends in logan having like a stroke and um then it's like while logan's like in the stroke nobody knows how he's gonna do like how he's gonna recover right it's like unclear if he's even gonna like make it out alive or with his mental faculties intact right and like kendall's plotting and shiv is like i don't know what to do like i can't and this is very emblematic of her role in the company as well. Everything here is like a fucking metaphor. So like in the first season, their roles are very much like Kendall is always trying to like fucking pull a fast one and like steal the company. Roman like doesn't know what to do really, but he just is like loyal to Logan. Yeah. Like no matter what, even if he gets sweet talked by Kendall, he's like ultimately he will hitch his wagon to dad. Um, and she is girl bossing in politics. Shiv is girl bossing in politics, but Shiv is also completely clueless in the personal matters of her family, which is very parallel to like her non-involvement in the firm. Like she does not have anything to do with Waystar Royco. In fact, some of her political alliances are completely against them. And mm-hmm. to her, this is just like a kind of cute little detail. Like she is willing to like kind of work for the Bernie Sanders of this universe and like be like this man who wants to like uh, humble the 1% um should be president when she herself is a product of the one percent yeah and is the one percent herself it's really funny that she has these shares at waystar royco and her inheritance and her whole life hinges on this like um like empire that her father has built and now she's like working for this man who's like he's everything that's wrong with this country and she's like yeah i'll make you president yeah like <laughs> and, and I must ask the question, is is Shiv good at her job? Because there's an implication that she is. And I think that a lot of people fall for that. I think that she is good at politics. Like when she was a, a campaign strategist, she did um, win elections for her senator candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, well, we don't really know exactly how well um, her later her presidential candidate Galevis was doing um yeah like there's kind of no way to know because she was fucking a lot of that up but but she was fucking a lot of that up because it had so much to do with her family well she was doing well within the campaign to the point where um Gil the candidate had offered her like um chief of staff yeah he like poached he basically poached her from a different senator Mm -hmm. um so but then it's like you know how much of that how much of that is um her being good at her job and her just like having these connections because she grew up in like the lap of like the one percent 
Yeah. You know, yeah. like even optics wise, I think it looked weird. And I think Gail even hated that. Yeah. This and, is it be- and it becomes apparent later on, like seasons two and three, especially that she like is very much out of her depth when it comes to matters of <clears throat> company. Mm-hmm. But I will say that Shiv's sort of quick romance with politics um, is very emblematic of her strategy with stuff because she's not someone who like waits it out, rides it out, puts in the work. She's like what she, her eye is always on like what what can I get out of this? What like she yeah. so fast will jump ship. Um, without any sort of preparation and that is an interesting characteristic that she has from logan which is that she will like jump without like looking she'll dive without she's impatient yeah extremely impatient will not wait anything out will not weigh the risks and benefits she's always like yeah no no let's do this let's do this and it's it's really funny that like a lot of the things that the roy kids do that their dad hates are extreme characteristics that they have inherited from him you know yes yeah, definitely. Like, like um, Kendall always scheming, always sort of like looking for like, like his own bone within the pile of bones. Like that is a very Logan trait. Like Kendall's always looking for like, what what can I get out of this? How can I be liked? How can I be respected? He goes about it like in the most insane way. Like Kendall, Kendall is like, yeah, he essentially wants to be Logan. Um, right, but, but he he's wants- also like deluded himself into believing that he's like a, a morally superior version. Yeah, which, which like, at first, at first, this uh, manifests as Kendall being like, oh, I, like, listen to rap music and wear sneakers. Like, I'm a man of the people. <laughs> and I want to, like, disrupt. Like, I'm a disruptor. <laughs> <laughs> That's his favorite phrase. He thinks he can take over as CEO and, quote, unquote, make some changes. He has a lot of, like, those words that he throws around a lot. Right. And the more you watch Kendall, even in season one, even in season two, and especially now, mm-hmm. is that... Kendall like has this like facade of being this like revolutionary but if you listen to what he's saying he says he's not saying anything it's a bunch of nothing exactly Mm -hmm. and that's why nobody likes him and nobody can get on board with him nobody can trust him Mm -hmm. because I believe that if Kendall like showed up and was like here are my concrete like ideas and plans and this is how I want to execute them he kind of has this like sort of like like underling energy where you kind of want to hear him out and support him even but the moment he fucking opens his mouth you're like okay he has nothing he's fucking fallen from the lap of luxury and now thinks that he can like just take over and play like pretend business with like this multi-billion dollar industry and it's interesting to contrast that with roman because roman is kind of like an opposite in that he's like very insecure like he's not as confident and sure of himself as Kendall is Mm -hmm. but he has like these instincts and like these moments of of like really understanding how people work um and like extracting like relevant information in a way that's like oh like he like maybe has something here Roman has really good instinct um but he lacks the like he lacks the conviction that Kendall has to follow through on those. Yeah, he's too unsure of himself. And this manifests into him being this like joker pervert character. Mm -hmm. And that's where he feels safe because he doesn't have to make decisions when he's like making like a masturbation joke to like a really important person in the company because he can. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So basically season one like culminates in um, Kendall has this like running plot um where he works alongside 
Well, we haven't really talked about Stewie. What is his relationship with Stewie? They're like old, like Stewie and Kendall went to college together. Okay. And Stewie is like well, like a venture capitalist guy. I thought that it was that they went to college together, but I wasn't mm-hmm. exactly sure. But yeah, Stewie basically has this like other hedge fund like company and, and he's like working together with Stewie and then this other guy, Sandy Furness, who has um his own me and, and media group interest, and they essentially want to to do a hostile takeover of uh, of Waystar. And they're like plotting this through season one. And mm-hmm. it all kind of comes to a head crash um, at Shiv's wedding to Tom. Yeah. It's this like it's this like huge acquisition deal that they plot with Kendall. It's their last sort of like Hail Mary. It's Kendall's last Hail Mary sort of at like getting at Logan and getting the company from Logan. But then everything sort of fucking falls apart completely because Kendall lacks the thing that his dad maybe has and Roman maybe has and even Shiv has, which is like the ability to parse the situation and like have that instinct to like know like which way things are going and also he like does hella drugs he does hella drugs and in this particular case he does like them in a very unfortunate situation which ends up getting a waiter at shiv's wedding killed um in like an act of vehicular manslaughter right and And to make to make this go away logan basically is like this is all i need to have over you and then all these this huge house of cards this huge house of cards topples and um that's like all of season one is that like kendall has like painstakingly continued to work toward this goal that he that ultimately the undoing is him like he is the undoing of his own goals because he just lacks the i want to say discipline and instinct to carry it out yeah and so then where they are in season two is that Kendall has essentially no room to move anymore. He is like under his dad's thumb completely because his dad has this leverage over him, which is huge. And yeah. so Kendall reverts into like very much um, de- depressed, like. There's this like funny detail in of season two, which like I love. Wait, I'm like st- too far away from the mic. There's this funny detail. Um of season two that I love, which is that like, I don't know if you've noticed, but with with throughout the whole season, he's wearing these like muted brown and like tan suits. <laughs> and like, he's always like kind of walking like one step behind Logan and he's like never wearing like, so in season one, he's always wearing his like power blue and black suits. They're like yeah. always very sharp. But in season two, he's always wearing these like brown suits. And then in, and then in the end of season two, the the fucking biggest fucking twist on television. <laughs> when I watched it, my mouth dropped open. Um, he's wearing like a sharp pressed black suit for the first time in season two. And I just, each detail is just so carefully like w- woven together. And sometimes I'm like, is this on purpose? I mean, it is, but like, God. And yeah. The plot twist that obviously I'm referring to is when Kendall basically learns that, um, well, I guess (laughs) I'm getting ahead of myself here. One of the main B plots of season two, and even a little bit of season one, I think, is that um, basically Tom takes over like uh, cruises, like the cruise division. Yeah. Yeah. And he, the, the, the former head basically bestows upon him this like horrible information that like, 
there have been a lot of abuses on cruises, like people getting sexually harassed, people like getting murdered, like foreign like hires, like people who worked on the boat were like being abused and like tossed off the boat and stuff. All this like terrible shit that obviously like if it got out would cause huge scandal. And so the former head of uh, Parks and Cruises is like, okay, well, this is your problem now. Just don't ever talk about it and it'll be fine. And Tom is like, shit, that's a whole thing. So basically he gets Greg to like commit <laughs> like uh, tampering of evidence and destroy all this evidence. He that makes like, Greg, sh- Greg shred, shred all these documents on Thanksgiving, no less. And I mean, that's what a perfect time to talk about this is it is sort of <laughs> almost Thanksgiving up. now. Tis the season. Tis <laughs> the season of succession. Um, and, and but one of the other big twists of season two, in my opinion, which like I love to see is that so Greg's character throughout the first whole season is him playing this like kind of footman dog, basically trying to get scraps from whoever will give it to him. He has almost no leverage whatsoever. And so he gets like basically like pushed around by Tom and also Shiv and Roman and Kendall and he just like ends up in all these places, but then. um, This this motherfucker when he's destroying evidence for cruises to give himself an insurance policy makes copies and keeps them for himself, and this is instrumental to Kendall's big twist at the end where he basically outs his dad for covering up all of these like horrible like crimes and stuff and basically is like and by the way like I have copies of the papers to prove this and where did he get those copies from motherfucking Greg the egg cousin Greg (laughs) Um, and that's when we learn that Greg has betrayed his boyfriend Tom for all intents and purposes, he's betrayed his boyfriend, Tom, and joined Team Kendall for now. And Tom does take that like it's a breakup. Um. L- literally, he's <laughs> mourning. He calls Greg and is like, hell hath no fury, like a woman scorned. <laughs> okay, we'll get to this later. The the co-queer baiting aspect of it. <laughs> um. Anyways, so... Like that is Greg's whole role. And you first you don't see it coming. You don't really understand why it is that we're following Greg's like trajectory as like this kind of outsider be slowly becoming an insider. Um, but then you understand he plays a pivotal role in Kendall's um ascension. Yeah. So yeah. it's like a whole thing. And is this, do did we correctly summarize enough of season two? I feel like, okay, big picture with season two is that um, it starts with like Logan kind of like dangles the CEO position in front of Shiv. Oh, Um, yes. And so Shiv like dumps Gil basically, comes into the company and like, like we said, like she's impatient, she's greedy. And so she doesn't want to do like the like orientation and like, yeah, she's like no experience whatsoever. And it's like, give me, give me the big, let me sit at the big table. Yeah. And she like doesn't have the instincts to do it. But when Logan wants to acquire this other um, media group called Pierce, which is basically like this. Yeah, it's like liberal news. I want to say I want to say it's like a combination of like CNN and like 
the Cuomos and like um, the Vanderbilts is that what, yeah. what, it's, what it's giving me. So I would like, agree with that. So this like, like not really progressive, but like sort of like they like having their like fingers in like the progressive pies. Yes. Yeah. It's like um, they would hire Anderson Cooper. <laughs> not hire. Yeah. They would. They they are related to Anderson Cooper and have put him uh, on their channel. <laughs> True. And. Logan wants to acquire them basically because it's his white whale for one, like that's the indication there, but also that it would make him too big to be acquired by Stewie, um, Sandy and Stewie. Yeah. By the Um, way, um, the guy who plays Stewie, um, this is so funny to me. The guy who plays Stewie, Aryan Moyed, um, he, I love him. He, first of all, he's so hot. It's like ridiculous. Like when that he has to be in- established, like very, very um, clearly. When, Stewie is so hot. <laughs> when he, when he walks into a room, it's like, huh. like you know, <laughs> like one of the one of the trailers for season three was just him in a black turtleneck, and I was like, all right, you have my attention. <laughs> um, there's this like very or like insane scene where he's like walking off of like a helicopter tarmac, and he's wearing these like very like flowy slacks and loafers and just no socks. He never wears socks. That's the he, thing. He this, will show ankle. If there's if there's one thing about Stewie is that he will show ankle. But anyway, <laughs> um, I bring this up because I saw an interview with Aryan and where he was like, he was like, yeah, they asked me to do this character and I like really like jumped at the jumped at the opportunity because like you know often when you see roles like me, he's like Iranian American. He's like when you see roles played by guys like me they they're played their negative roles right they're like the victim or they're the terrorist and finally i got a chance to kind of like play this like the positive role and i'm like losing my mind because the positive role he's talking about is this douchebag coke sniffing like backstabbing <laughs> money hungry venture capitalist like evil oligarch guy and um but like at this with same an time, insane amount of swag with an insane amount of swag and beard gel and like i'm obsessed with him and he's right <laughs> but like geez that's it's, it cracked me it was so funny it's like you know what i'm tired <laughs> i'm tired of representation being so shit. why can't we play vcs for a change you know he's right i want to i'm gonna go on record i'm gonna go on it's good actually record and say like i'm tired of south asian women being portrayed as victims and um terrorists and um whatever i kind of want us to be portrayed as um prison guards and um (laughs) child labor like uh fucking (laughs) and elizabeth holmes types and 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 uh, we're we're gonna go into and elizabeth holmes types why not why not do we get to play um um roles committing ridiculous ethical violations but only that (laughs) Anyways. Oh, back to season two, though. Yeah. With, like, with the Pierce acquisition. So, basically, Logan has to win over the Pierce family in order to to make this deal happen. And he's sort of, like, in on it with the Pierce CEO, played by Holly Hunter. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is crazy, by the way, that Holly Hunter is just in this. I know. But basically, he they all have to meet together, like these two families, the Roy family and the Pierce family in this amazing episode in season two. And we're talking about Shiv's like impatience and impulsivity here is there's this very tense dinner where um, the matriarch of the Pierce family basically is like pressuring the Roy's to like reveal like who it's going to be as successor in order to like in order to agree to this deal, because they very much want 
it to be Shiv. Um, yeah, they want they like want a, woman. a woman. Yeah. And Shiv like has this line where she's like, just tell them that it's me. Just and, fucking tell them. And it was absolutely the wrong move to make. In it's, it's to watch that unfold and to watch Logan's reaction to that is like fucking heartbreaking. It's so uncomfortable. Like, holy as a viewer. shit. Also, can we just talk about like the Pierce's like fucking vacation home turn haven? Yeah. <laughs> it is like this elaborate old timey castle. I don't even know. Where is it? Is it just in like right. upstate like New York or something? I would guess that. It's... I have no like concept of where. <laughs> and the, where and the family, people. the family is like, oh, let's go stargazing. And like, I have yeah. three PhDs. And it's like, wow. Wow. So obviously they're supposed to represent like the like liberal elite, whatever, right? And they're like, um, we're so Unitarian, we've forgotten Jesus. We worship Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, and you can tell Logan thinks it's full of shit, but he's being so nice throughout like the whole dinner because he wants the Pierce acquisition. Mm-hmm. Um also this is where we meet Naomi Pierce, who eventually becomes Kendall's like kind of GF slash enabler. Because they're both like like drug addicts, addicts. yeah. Yeah. Um, when okay, yeah. So that I think was like the turning point for Shiv, like where Logan has like kind of been like, okay, this carrot I'm dangling, like I need to snatch it away. And you can tell, like, it's kind of interesting how Shiv will react to these like moments of deep disappointment, and then her. And then Tom will try to like comfort her and like, you know, support her like a spouse would. And she mm-hmm. just doesn't want it. She just does yeah. not, she does not believe in being comforted. She doesn't want it. Also, there's just a really weird, like, um, so they're married for like the entirety of the second season. And even in the first season when they're engaged, she like in partakes in a lot of like um not a lot, but like, you know, flirts with the idea of infidelity quite often. Mm-hmm. And like even to a point where like they're talking about like prenups or something and she's like well in the case of infidelity like we're both adults yeah and it's like keeps saying like that term like we're adults and it's like as if like adults are just okay with (laughs) cheating on their their spouse and her not clarifying what that means is like peak shiv shiv Mm -hmm. is like shiv loves to like say something but like not think about it not elaborate on it not even like delve into what it means it's just like to her what she sees is what it is right um so that's like a lot of season two i want to say is like so far like the most like exciting of the seasons to me i would agree um not not to say that i think that season three is boring i think season three is like a masterful like execution of all this setup from one and two yeah um, but season it's, two... it's, a, it's a different experience watching it week to week whereas like oh, absolutely. when you can watch it all at once you're like very much more like immersed in what's going on in the mm-hmm. excitement of it all and like um and there's instant gratification in terms of like where this oh, is what's all next going. what's next what's next yes um whereas if you have too much time to like speculate and like pick apart and propose all these theories which we'll mm-hmm. get to <laughs> oh god yeah where um, we're at right now it's then yeah nice. it makes for something like less um like exciting yeah maybe there's like maybe there's like a kind of delayed gratification aspect of it which i will say that in a certain ways it's nice because it's nice to be able to watch it and discuss it with people and like have these like opinions and like have these insights and get to see if you're right you know Mm -hmm. yeah so after this um this like tense like 
deal with the pierces. Like we, we come to the conclusion that we think it's probably going to go through, like they reach a, a sort of agreement, but the very next episode, the story about, um, the scandal at, uh, at Cruz's basically breaks. Um, and at first it's like something that they can maybe handle and ride through. Um, but then it comes out that it's actually a lot worse than, than originally reported. And so that deal falls through mm. and that basically leads us up to the, the finale. I want to pull a parallel, but I want to do it later, but I need okay. to, I want, need to mark it now. When the deal falls through with Nan Pierce, they're outside of Argestes, the like business conference or whatever they're at. Yeah. Logan throws the king of tantrums. Like, not, I'm not exaggerating. Like, he's like screaming, stomping his feet on the floor, yelling, screaming, cursing. He's chasing after a car. Like, this man is mm -hmm. like, it's a full on grade A tantrum. So, yeah. I just wanted to note that for um, something we're about to talk about in a little bit later okay. noted <laughs> i love i love foreshadowing um anyway so do you yeah. want to like explain them the twist that it like brings us up to basically like it gets to a point where they have to testify before congress and yeah. like there's an investigation that um that the doj is conducting led by none other than shiv's former employer gil evis aka bernie sanders yep this is what we wish that the facebook trial was you know, this is what we, this is what we wish was happening when like Bernie Sanders was questioning Mark Zuckerberg. Unfortunately, the government actually knows way less about the internet than like they do in this universe. So um, we don't yeah. get that. And that's why escapism is important. Um, I feel like maybe this is also a good time to note because we like kind of skipped over it, but also just because it's not that significant. It's kind of just like a funny recurring detail is that Connor um, wants to run for president. <laughs> this is something that he realizes in like season one when he meets Galibas at Shiv's wedding. And he's like kind of like floating the idea <laughs> of, of running throughout season two. There's something that Roman, so he goes up to Roman and is like, I know what I want to do. I want to run for president. And Roman's like, really? Is there like maybe a step between not doing nothing, never nothing, nada, whatever, <laughs> um, to this? Like, couldn't you like not get like a job at Target? <laughs> and he's like, nope, this is the only thing I want to do. I think eventually Logan um, pays him off, right, to stop running temporarily. Well, like he finances like Willis Play or something. Connor finances Willis Play. And yeah, that's why he's like hurting for money because he like wants to also finance his campaign. Oh, I see. Okay, I like didn't super understand that. Part. Also, I love that detail about Willa that she's just like a, a failed playwright. <laughs> like she wants to be a playwright, but she's also bad at it. <laughs> right, like she's bad at it, and Connor keeps like being like, "No, it's like funny that you're bad at it. Like there, oh, maybe people will come and watch your play ironically." I, I mean, do want to make the note that Willa's play is called Sands, and um there's like a joke in it that they've like just had to like supply all of this sand for the actual production of it and there's a point at which greg like complains to connor that there are like maybe sand mites or something perhaps thriving in the sand and i just want to make that connection to dune right there oh my god hello was that a full media circle that was what we call a media circle amazing and that's kind of what it's good actually is about is sort of identifying <laughs> these media circles in a way that no one ever has before yes sand so in the finale of season two we're mm -hmm. on a yacht as we do we're on a yacht percent we take right. a yacht trip in the midst of um congressional hearings um, and basically it's like the conclusion has come to this it's like 
we're not gonna get out of this scot-free someone needs to take the fall for what happened in cruises and logan plays the ultimate chip um of um having kendall under his thumb and at this point i think logan comes to believe that not only does he have kendall under his thumb because of this like enormous like thing of um the guy he killed under him but also or over him but also that he has sort of psychologically like beaten down kendall enough to where kendall will sort of like he's like lost his ability to like be uh what's it assertive in any way so he Mm -hmm. floats this idea like he cashes in the big thing and is like kendall will be the scapegoat for cruises and probably go to jail and the way he does it is so sad he's like sorry son like if there were another way you know i would do it Mm -hmm. and kendall at this point is like like you, we don't, we do not see it coming. I'm at this point 100% sure that he's about to be like, yeah, I guess I'll go to jail for my dad. Kendall has been like a broken man all season. So, so broken. Like, yeah. What's the, what's the phrase that he kept repeating to like literally everybody that asked why he like stopped being like fucking uh, Judas? He kept being like, I saw their plan, but dad's plan was better. <laughs> dad's plan was better. Literally, literally cooked everyone. up by, a, by the, the PR woman. Yeah, like literally her. the PR woman tells him this in the first episode of season two while he's like in rehab or something. And he just will go on to say that to not only the news, but also anyone in his personal life, including his siblings who are like, what the fuck was going on with you? And he's just like, I saw their plan and dad's plan was better. it's crazy and he takes all this like verbal abuse from roman and shiv and they're like constantly needling him so much so that they're like mad about it they're like why aren't you fighting back like what's wrong with you yeah remember that and so he's sent off to this press conference yeah um where he's going to like say his dad's words basically um basically he's gonna like admit that he like knew about the wrongdoing and like helped cover it up so that he can be the fall guy it's like unclear how much he actually knew about it but like, it like not really not matter. in not enough to have been like the only guy to take yeah. the fall for it yeah however i think we should play the clip here i have been asked to explain my own role in the managing of illegality at the firm and associated cover-ups and it has been suggested i would be a suitable figure to absorb the anger and concern. But the truth is that my father is a malignant presence, a bully and a liar, and he was fully personally aware of these events for many years and made efforts to hide and cover up. He had a twisted sense of loyalty to bad actors like Lester McClintock. Fuck me. Disregard for the safety of migrant workers, non-union and union workers, and for vulnerable performers and guests. My father keeps a watchful eye over every inch of his whole empire. And the notion that he would have allowed millions of dollars in settlements and compensation to be paid without his explicit approval is utterly fanciful. I have with me today copies of records that show his personal sign-off. How much those of us 
who executed his wishes bear responsibility is for another day. But I think this is the day his reign ends. Yeah, so as we can see, fucking fallout, right? Yeah. Like, no one expected this. Everyone is fucking shocked. Like, literally, like, the news is ablaze. Like, Logan is having a fucking conniption shit fit. And the rest of them are all, like, on the fucking cruise, right? Like, they're on the yeah. yacht. They're all on a yacht. Kendall is, is with Greg, by the way, who has who supplied the papers. him these documents. The papers, man. And it's like, it's like we not only get to see Kendall's masterstroke, but also we get to see Greg very publicly switch teams. Yeah. So it's just like a beautiful and chilling moment. And literally when I watched that in like 2018, mm. I watched that scene and I was like, fuck, dude, like this is, this is one of the best things I've ever seen on TV. Ever. Yeah. And, yes and it's i won't such, go into like, my perfect conclusion i won't go into my soapbox because i think i yelled about it before on like the last episode and also like pretty much like uh, emily and me at like a party and i'm yelling about succession there's like <laughs> a video of me like screaming about how like i told you <laughs> so i won't but i will say that in our college magazine there is a piece written by me about television in general um where I am like, keep an eye out for succession, folks. And <laughs> yeah, there is there is recorded printed evidence that Maisha was an early adopter of succession from season one, which like, like almost no one that I that I know that watches it was. Nope. Think about it. in 2018, like where were we? Like no pandemic. I was still in college. Um <laughs> like um, <laughs> um I guess I made made of started grad school i don't remember when i started watching it but um like it's, uh, babies were not born yet like countries existed that no longer do like <laughs> the the world was not the same world it was that a we're very living in now. different place yeah and uh look at where we are now actually i wasn't even sure at that point if we'd ever get a season three i think the announcement came pretty late i think the announcement came like pandemic era yeah, and like I think, filming I think, got very delayed because of COVID. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I think everyone knew there would be a third season just because the setup was too good for there not to be a third season. Mm -hmm. But um, we didn't, like, know for sure, I think, until, like, naturally I could have looked this up beforehand and prepared for this in any sort of way. But I didn't. But um, when it was announced, like, I just, I just felt like, shit, like, finally we get to know. Um, yeah. And so that's very exciting for us and me and humanity. it is and this time around we do have confirmation that like it was renewed for a season four so even like while we're watching three yeah. right now we know yeah and so this like this big revelation with uh with kendall wraps up like season two right so and then yeah. and so season um three debuted on october 17th 2021 mm-hmm um picked up like right where season two left off basically there was yeah there was no beating around the bush there was no few days later there was no like whatever it was like literally like kendall has given the given the press announcement he's getting off the podium he's walking to his limo with greg <laughs> and like i think one of his pr people yeah carolina is there and she's like not prepared because she didn't know he was going to do that i wish that 
I don't know how good this would be, but I, I kind of wish for a sort of like below the deck um, version of like succession characters who are like employees or like underlings. Like I would kill yeah. to know, I'd kill to know what Jess Jordan's personal life is like, who's Kendall's assistant. I know we only see like her incredible like facial expressions in the background. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if at any point you thought, okay, Kendall maybe like has some like, you know, good intentions in him. Mm-hmm. He's like maybe like kind of solid amongst the Roy's. He's not. And he had us like he had people like rooting for him. Oh yeah. Following which, like the end of season two, we were like, okay, yeah, like I'm Team Kendall. And then like to which I say, yeah, you fools. Okay, go ahead. Exactly. Fools. Go ahead. Go ahead, Professor. Give this man an inch and he takes a mile. That's the that's the thing to learn with these Roy's, dude, is that you cannot fucking give them not a, not a single inch. And yeah, because he just like he he gets this like massive head and like he just only cares about what people think of him. Yeah. He doesn't he's not really making any meaningful moves. The whole first episode of the new season is about him trying to like convert his siblings, basically. Like, leave dad, fuck dad, come join me. And it nearly works. They all hear him out because they all know that if they all joined up together, they could kill Logan. Like, not real literally, yeah. but like, you know, they could beat Logan. But it's that thing that Kendall does where he like has no solid plans or ideas or anything substantial to say. Mm-hmm. He's like the attack dog. He's the warrior general who like did not actually come up with a plan. He just went ahead and marched into battle. And yes, his first like, his first like kills are very impressive very big very like big splash on the page but after that it's like then what and he he doesn't have a then what and to this i would like to now make a call back to earlier in the episode when i when i told you to note the big tantrum that logan roy throws when he loses out the deal with nan pierce how insane he is and how much of like a how much of like a little kid sort of thing it is to not get what you want and then have a big screaming tantrum we to season three when Kendall's like trying to prove that he's like better than his dad and his siblings are basically like, I don't know, like, I don't, we're out. Like, you're not saying stuff that sounds like it's good to us. Mm-hmm. He throws, Kendall Roy throws the biggest Logan-esque tantrum I've ever seen. He's yelling, he's cursing, he's calling people. He like, he makes these disgusting remarks to Shiv where he's like, mm-hmm. don't you know that like you count twice because girls count twice? It's because of your teeth. Yeah. Yes. Imagine saying that to your sister, dude. Like, hello? He's like telling Connor, like, oh, get out. You're irrelevant. Nobody wants you here. And it's like... When he is publicly saying in the next episode in front of cameras, fuck the patriarchy. Ugh. But yeah, no, sorry. That was my my parallel that I wanted to draw. Is that yeah. Kendall has inherited the worst parts of Logan. I think Absolutely. many of the children have inherited his worst traits. Yeah. Um, Kendall's other mistake as well, like in addition to just saying nothing, like not really standing for anything necessarily in his move to like win over his siblings is also just that he, he does like the sibling thing that they all do where he like puts himself on top Mm -hmm. and he doesn't like consider like at all. Yeah. He He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to consider the, the, the ambitions of his his two siblings because they all want the top job. They all want more. Well, and he's it, not willing to give it to them. The way he's selling it is so poor. It's like, he's like, well, what if I'm the CEO actually and you guys can continue doing what you're doing, but it's better <laughs> somehow. And yeah. he won't go into why. Yeah. And um, 
And it's just the thing is like, Kendall can't make an ally to save his life. He's not likable. Lawrence hates him. His father hates him. Like his closest confidant um, is who like Naomi because she's like his big enabler. Yeah. Um, he like has this like, uh, like really insane relationship with his ex-wife Rava. Who, oh my god <laughs> who like he like hates but is addicted to and like she also everyone's like Rava's the only like morally like stand-up character in the show and i'm like no she was married to him <laughs> she was one of them i don't see that in any stop way stop trying to attach morality to any stop character it. in succession all of these people are like so stupid rich that like they could see you die on the street and not give a shit yeah like that's Ultimately. That's who they all are, and we know that, and we watch it, and it's a it's a theatrical performance. It's so insane yes. that some people are just far too stupid to be watching Succession. <laughs> there, I said it. I'm sorry, I said it. I know if I was a bigger account on Twitter, I've said this on my Substack too. If I was a bigger account on Twitter and I said this, I'd be the most hated person on that website. <laughs> I would be. And you know what? I they hated him because he spoke the truth. <laughs> so true, and I will endorse this position. It, like I some of you some of you simply cannot watch a show without like inserting yourself into the mind of a character and then taking everything personally into the like dearest stakes for that character and that Mm -hmm. i'm gonna say it worm-brained behavior you cannot do that with succession none of these characters are good none of them are ever going to be good they are not structured for you to root for them and that's the whole, and I'll even say it, that's the whole point of the show. That exactly. is the whole point of the show. None <laughs> of them, none of them are suited to be CEO. And that's on purpose, really. Yeah. So yeah. it is insane to me. I'm yelling. I'm literally screaming. <laughs> it is insane to me that some of you all come in and you're like, Roman is the only guy who cares for like the people in his family, like in a way that the others don't. Maybe that's true, okay? Yeah, like I can see that a little bit. Like Roman definitely has a soft spot for Logan, definitely has a soft spot for Kendall at certain times. He's taking care of these people, sure. But he's not like good. Do we, anyone who's like, Logan is, or Roman is the only like morally blah, blah, blah. Hello, did we forget the first ever episode in which he tells like a little (laughs) poor boy that if he can hit a home run, he'll get like a million dollar check. And then he he barely could not make it by like an inch of like a fucking um, whatever. And then Roman rips up the check in front of him and his family. And then recently this season, we also find out backstory in which he and Kendall at one point in a drunken night in New Orleans got a homeless man to tattoo Kendall's initials on his, on his forehead. forehead. Is this behavior of a redeemable person? No. <laughs> Never. If someone, if fucking Chet Hanks rolled up and was like, here's what I did while I was in New Orleans, like, we would never, ever be like, well, at least he cares about his family. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's so ridiculous to me. It's, and that's why some of you are simply too stupid to watch Succession, and that is okay. That is okay. And furthermore, furthermore, like on the topic also of people who are too stupid to watch this show, <laughs> I see far too many just like smooth-brained predictions about all these like crazy twists and all these characters who had like this whole like 
plan all along. Oh, and people are like, oh, Carl is like planning this all along. I'm like, no, Carl is also stupid. I'm like, these people are all stupid and these people are all reacting to what is happening in the moment. And also on that point, people always complain as well about character development. It's like, (sighs) there's been nothing that like, gives the indication that they would meaningfully develop as characters like if anything they just develop as worse and that's the point that's the point they're like why are these characters getting better as people uh do rich people in real life get better as characters why do you want to humanize the one percent so bad why can't you let them be ridiculous and awful and evil as they truly are in real life that my friends that is praxis and you're failing (laughs) I do have something to say about um, Kendall Roy, which is a character trait that I don't see discussed enough um, when we're talking about him. And it's that he uh, he really considers himself a comedy guy. Um, <laughs> that is where he- Kendall like- likes to think of himself as a part of the comedy scene. He has called himself, quote, king of the lampoon, <laughs> which is hilarious to me, A, and- and be like the most deranged thing that he has done probably in the entire series as a whole not even just not betraying his family but like is when he bursts into the writer's room on Ziwei's show and like asks to talk to one of the writers because quote Pratt at the lampoon was one that told him that one of those writers was like a funny guy and he like wants to ostensibly pitch jokes because he thinks that he's funny which like in the vein of (laughs) in the vein of how like shows like this work with like guests and stuff the the talent doesn't walk into the writer's room and and say like can i pitch some jokes (laughs) huh um it's very muskian it's very elon muskian of kendall roy to be like stupid rich but he just can't be happy because he like desperately wants to be like a funny guy on the internet and he will never tame that on purpose exactly he yes he wants internet clout and you know what? He will never get it in the ways that he wants. That's just one like, thing just that billionaires... Like his, just like his father's love. That's one thing that billionaires can't buy is... Um, cloud. It's Twitter cloud. You will always <laughs> get clowned on online. <laughs> yeah, in order to get, like, real clout as a billionaire, you have to be, like... You have to be, like... Um, you have to, like, pretend like you're not rich. You can't be online <laughs> is the thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have to be, like, kind of... You have to be kind of, like in the shadows and people will kind of enigmize you they'll be like oh yeah. what's this like mysterious eccentric billionaire do? if i was a billionaire <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> if i was a billionaire i would just fully lean into being eccentric because like at this point who, what am i trying to prove you want you yeah. you, you only think i'm funny no fuck you do you if think had- if you were a billionaire you would wear as many layers as adrian brody does in oh absolutely absolutely let's actually talk about adrian brody really quick so his role i didn't understand but also i saw speaking of smooth brain takes i saw an article maybe even a couple that talked about how his character brought a lot of anti-semitism to the show that went unchecked and i just to that want to say like what do you think that it means for an old white christian uh rich guy like logan who's in the middle of a scandal regarding racism and sexism and stuff what do you think that his relationship is with being politically correct 
and then they would be like whoa, whoa, whoa we're making excuses like imagine if he was woke imagine if is that what you want is that what you want <laughs> writers at vulture you want logan Roy to be woke i think I it would be funny I, I but can't, it would be a different show i can't even i can't even do this okay like the two remarks that logan Roy makes uh to adrian brody's character who is like a jewish man named something aronson Josh, Josh, Josh Aronson. Which, by the way, it's like heartbreaking when Kendall hugs him and is like, "We should hang out." <laughs> Kendall, need, Kendall, Kendall needs someone, dude. Like he needs someone. Um, the thing about the Roy children is that none of them have friends. They're like terminally lonely. There are so many scenes in which they're just rejected by people who like do not want to be their friends. Shiv is rejected yeah. by like Kendall's lawyer, who used to be her friend, and she's like clearly does not even like her yeah. uh, roman just is the loneliest boy on the planet um kendall <laughs> yeah but the two things that uh logan says to aronson is like he's like oh like you just sit tight and count all your gold here and i'll like take care of the rest for you and then another thing he's like oh something about like bagels i guess like yeah. oh you're, you're a Which, bagel like, man kendall points out to him and yeah, the Kendall's like, oh, that shit about the gold and the bagels. Yeah. And it's like, that's why that happened, by the way. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that was intentional. So was that scene anti-Semitic? Uh, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> not in a way that, like, we as the audience were supposed to see as good. It's not like we're supposed to be agreeing with Logan when he says these things. And that is what happens when you turn this into something where you have to root for any of the characters. Yeah. Listen, Yeah. if you have to root for a character in a show, that is okay. You are so valid and you are loved and cherished. You have no business <laughs> though watching this show. Yeah. And Okay, you can even watch the show and hate it. I'll even allow that. But you have no business traipsing into the discourse of succession <laughs> and interrupting us all analyzing the psychosexual dynamics of greg and tom mm -hmm. interrupting us while we we're doing the work the important work and being like um guys are the roys like kind of problematic <laughs> are the are roys, the roys kind of bad actually <laughs> yeah you know what we'll go on record on good it's good actually to say like yeah the roys are bad actually and that's okay actually okay is is that okay to say i don't know um one day when i'm like 37 years old um someone is gonna play back this specific part of um the podcast to me and it's gonna be like edited really weirdly and it's gonna make me sound really anti-semitic <laughs> and i i can see that happening and that would mean that i will have sort of made it and become famous enough to where that would matter so really it would be a good thing it'd be a sign of success Right. Are you successful if someone isn't sort of deep faking you being racist? <laughs> Let's kind of talk about that. I'm just kidding. Um, what else? I guess like big picture season three is just things are not really shaping out to be. Things are not shaping out in Kendall's favor. That's for sure. He's Absolutely like, not. He's, he's like a joke to everyone that's not in his entourage and even like people who who are in his like inner circle that he's cultivated are deeply skeptical of him. Greg I... left last episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Greg has fully kind of jumped Team Logan and gone back to, gone back to Waystar. 
um, back to Tom, back to the loving arms of Tom. There's a scene um, in this in the third season where uh, Greg thinks that Kendall is buying him a watch. It's like a <laughs> stupid, expensive watch. And um, uh, what's his face? Uh, the guy, sell, I guess, selling the watch is like, okay, like, how yeah. are you going to pay for this? And Ken, or Greg's like, oh, no, this is like a gift situation. And Kendall's like, what? Fuck, no, I'm not buying you a watch. And everybody online was like, uh, Tom would have bought him a watch. Tom says earlier in the episode he would have I'll buy you a watch. watch. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you sold your dick for a watch. The implication that this show is trying to make here about Tom being Greg's sugar daddy. <laughs> okay, let's actually talk about that. Can we talk about Tom this season? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can we, can we get into the Wamsgans of it all? Can, can we sort of bring out the Wams girls and have a little chat about what's happening? Okay, Tom, this is no longer it's good, actually, and this is the, an official meeting of the Wams girls. Yeah, so anyone who's not a Wams girl, keep quiet. The grown-ups are talking. We're adults here. <laughs> um, okay, first of all, um, his descent into madness regarding jail is like the most insane and amazing thing I've ever seen. It's like, like he's always been just like, We've always been Wom Scrolls for the simple reason is just that he's fascinating in the way that like a really like scary like, bird. The way that like a bug is, but like <laughs> behind glass. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like a really colorful spider that like, like a really exotic kind of bug that is like maybe enormous. It, and if you ever saw it outside of that glass, you'd be you'd terrified faint. and disgusted by. But because yeah. it's behind glass, you can like observe it and you're captivated. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> me me also it hisses <laughs> yes <laughs> just adding that on there um exactly and he's just like offers himself up to logan on a platter and is like i'll be the fall guy for this yeah and it comes yeah. from a place of like you know sometimes you are like being polite because someone is upset but you don't you don't expect them to take you up on the offer because it's kind of an insane, <laughs> insane offer. It's kind of like very uh, inconvenient for anyone involved. Tom gives me those vibes, but the thing about Tom is that he will never really understand that like Shiv and her family are never going to be the type to be polite about asking for egregious favors in fact they don't yeah. even see it as favors they're like yeah that's a good idea you should do that and that's what but it um, is a move where logan is kind of like huh like he's a little taken aback by that like he didn't quite expect right tom to have i don't know the guts but tom but also, doesn't also, really have the guts but also do we notice a little bit that like this season tom is a little bit even in the close circle more so than shiv is like there are points yeah. where tom is like like kind of sticking up for Shiv because she needs that like propping up to her mm -hmm. father it is yeah. not it is not Shiv talking up Tom to Logan it's 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 Tom being like no no, no like Shiv solid Shiv solid yeah is that so true wild and he, he is and has always been a wife guy at heart um yeah and it's sad to see him sort of lose that completely yeah, he's in full Doomer mode this season. He has been, quote, hitting the prison blogs again. <laughs> he's, like, got a binder full of prisons Wait, this where means he is, like, comparing and contrasting things like the food options and... Uh, <laughs> the toilet wine? Yes, the toilet wine. Wait, but this means, this means that 
he had like an assistant or some employee at Waystar. Um, like, Someone did compile that for him. They they not only looked up and printed these prisons, but also laminated them and put them into a binder. He's got full exactly. He's got um, paper protectors for these things. They're neatly compiled in this little binder for him. So if there's one if there's if there's one thing we say on good it's good actually is that Wamscans is thorough. <laughs> yeah thorough yeah. is thorough is the wams that is the gans I, I, <laughs> what am i saying you know what i mean i know what you mean and he <laughs> just wants to talk to shiv about this he just wants to be like he just wants any acknowledgement he, he at wants, all for the, the <laughs> turmoil that he is feeling inside he wants like a shred of comfort from her for basically offering himself up to be like she steward. could give him a hug and he'd be happy like but she like is like she's like ew like anyways she's like don't worry i gotta take a call from my dad right now sorry (laughs) you you deal with your you 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 deal with whatever this is (laughs) right and and you see this slowly like basically un like unraveling their marriage and the more you know and the it's a classic thing it's like usually we see this dynamic play out in like a historical romance where this like broguish like um unfeeling uh guys like very flighty and beautiful delicate wife um because she doesn't get the affection and intimacy from her husband runs into the arms of like a sort of bright-eyed bush-tailed uh stable boy but (laughs) we're seeing that dynamic play out here in corporate um game of thrones where Tom is the delicate, um, youthful wife seeking a connection, and our bright-eyed, bushy-tailed stable boy is cousin Greg. <laughs> I saw where this train of thought was going, and I, I just like wanted to follow the journey that you were going to take. Me I could see you nodding and be like, "Go, go on, keep going, keep going." But am I, am I wrong? Like, is that not what this is? No, you're not wrong at all. I think that's exactly it. Um, no. So Tom reading up on this like book about ancient Rome that he has bought. Oh my god! To I read for- in prison, totally but he's, about this he's reading it now. <laughs> Gets to a part about Emperor Nero and Sporus, the slave boy that he castrated and married, married. and pushed his wife down the stairs. <laughs> No, no, he reads that's, this and thinks that's the that's wrong. Me that's, and that's, Greg. that's the wrong order. It's he pushes his wife down the stairs and then mm, has yeah, spores yeah. castrated and dresses his wife and then marries him. Yeah, and then utters the most. Okay, that's an airplane. If you can hear it, we are sort of recording this in the real world where real things happen. It's not perfect. <laughs> um, and this is when he utters the most perfect Tom Wamscan's line. He tells the story of Nero and Sporus and looks upon Greg lovingly with these, with these earnest Darcy-esque eyes. And he says, I'd castrate and marry you in a heartbeat. <laughs> Wait, did I misquote it? Is it heartbeat? No, 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 that's it. Okay, perfect. So that, like Jane Austen herself could not <laughs> have written. That is even, that is even more you bewitch me, body and soul. I love <laughs> love love you that is <laughs> same thing basically wow 
so true. And then Greg just like kind of like he just like kind of smiles and nods at that as if he doesn't find this <laughs> abnormal at all. <laughs> no, this and is then he goes, Are you okay, Tom? Tom? And next words out of his mouth are, Hey, see if you can wrestle me to the ground. <laughs> wrestle me like a chicken. <laughs> He's just, he's the most disturbing little bug I've ever <laughs> laid my eyes on. I'm obsessed with him. This is why we're Wams girls and we'll always be. We'll always be Wams girls. See, other people are getting it wrong. You don't, you don't root for the character whom you think is the most qualified. You root for the character whom makes you feel the most weird. <laughs> that is sort of, that, that is, that is sort of me solving succession. <laughs> yes oh my goodness i i feel like we are missing but also i feel like we've i feel like on that like we have solved succession um in a way (laughs) i think uh, also there is half a season left at the point that we're recording this we've watched right season three episode five Mm -hmm. um and so every single we'll, we'll dig deeper on season three at the at Once the end finished. at the end of every episode when they show the preview i'm like oh shit like the next episode's gonna be insane it's, <laughs> it's always true and it's always i saw a tweet that was like succession fans be like oh shit they're like signing a document <laughs> or will they who knows and you know what you know what yeah and it rules thanks mm-hmm. thanks why <laughs> okay let's so I guess amongst people who don't watch the show, they're like, okay, every screenshot is like a bunch of guys wearing suits. Like, what the, f- what is this? I'm like, to this I say, what would you get out of it if they were wearing like hoodies? So on that note, are we missing anything? None of we have solved succession. I uh-huh. feel like anything that we're missing, like, I don't know, we'll get to it. We'll get to it in part two of we'll the succession episode. <laughs> Emily, do you think we'll have a part two of the succession episode? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, at least if nothing else, we'll have a follow-up to this. I feel like that'll give us like more chance to go in depth with like season three as a whole. And here's another thing is that often people ask me, should I watch Succession? And to that I say, <laughs> not right now. Not e- right now. Either either you wait till it's done and it dies down so you can develop your own opinion about it, or you lock yourself away in a um, one bedroom um cottage in the middle of the woods with like i guess internet access but don't get on twitter and binge what's out right now ah okay closing thoughts on hbo's hello oh my god what was the huge thing that we missed nicholas Bratel. 